What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement, Amron. And we got a little bit of a different angle here. This happens sometimes when I record in the morning. The light comes in. It screws everything up. This is where we're situated at. We have week one of the fantasy football playoffs here. There's no trades to be made. There's no crazy moves to be made. All we have is the team that we were blessed with and the waiver wire. So we're going to go through 10 waiver wire ads this morning that you need to pick up if you're in the playoffs or, you know, if you're not in the playoffs and you want to be a troll and just pick up players and kind of play spoiler. Not my thing, but I know there's people out there. I have done, you know, devious acts like that in the past. I think there was one time when I, I want to say Malcolm Brown, uh, the year that Todd Gurley was like a monster. I want to say in the fantasy football championship, uh, he goes down the week before Malcolm Brown comes in. I believe the guy who was in the championship me and him go uh, back and forth, and I trolled him a little bit. I picked up Malcolm Brown. I think it cost him the championship. Look, that was like four or five years ago. I'm a better man than I was back then, but it was funny at the time. So let's talk some football. Let's talk some waiver wire. As always, if you enjoy, make sure down below. Subscribe. Leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm now, first up here, we always say this, all right, on this channel, I can't promise you guys I'm going to be the first to post a video, to be on the source, to be the first one to drop, but I will make sure I have all the facts you guys need. So all the waiver wire videos that came out yesterday, all the videos that came out pre-Monday Night Football, all the waiver wire articles that came out pre-Monday Night Football, doesn't have anything for you guys on Damian Harris, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris. So that's what we're going to talk about. Last night, the Patriots play against the Cardinals, and what happens is Ramondre Stevenson gets hurt. And it sucks because I have Ramondre Stevenson in a lot of places, but Ramondre Stevenson, some kind of ankle sprain. This is a cutout from uh, the training room article on 4 for 4. Really good stuff by, I believe, Adam Hutchinson. I hope that I'm not uh, misremembering his name. Uh, and he pretty much breaks down all the injuries that happened, his projected timetable, all of that. So pretty much Ramondre Stevenson seems like he is going to miss the next one to two weeks. This has two weeks. And this is where it gets tricky. Damian Harris is owned in 55% of leagues. So he doesn't technically qualify for these videos. I like to keep it under 50%. But if Damian Harris is on your waiver wire, unload the clip if it looks like Damian Harris is going to play this week. Now, if Damian Harris misses this week, he's been dealing with an injury. Let's talk about, I think, more interesting pickups that should be widely available. Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong. Two really fun prospects coming out of school. Uh, Kevin Harris was a, a South Carolina running back between the tackles guy. Started all three years in college. I want to say, uh, I don't know that he started all three years in college. But he's a South Carolina guy. And I remember being really high on him coming out just because this was a guy who I believe tested well. I'm pulling up his player profile right now. Uh, he didn't test great. He had a 4.56 at his pro day. A uh, really good burst score though. 5'10", 221 pounds. The reason why I liked him was because in college he had a 1,000-yard rushing season, 15 or 16 total touchdowns, 21 receptions. So all-around gamer in that 2020 season looked great. And then I believe he had some kind of back injury, which contributed to his junior year being sort of a step down, only 669 yards, four touchdowns, 12 receptions. And I want to say Zaquandre White also ate into things there. But SEC producer broke out in his second year. 
I believe he was a 21-year-old early declare rookie, which is always good to see. Explosive, can catch the ball, can do it all, has the size. Interesting setup there. And then Pierre Strong is a fun one too, where he's, I believe, smaller. So not 5'10". So he's 5'11", 207. So he's much smaller. He runs a 4.37, best comparable to Elijah Mitchell, fourth round pick as to where Kevin Harris was a sixth round pick. And Pierre Strong is being used in this offense as more of a receiving back. I don't believe in school. Yeah, actually in school, he was a great receiving back too. In his final year, 1,600 rushing yards, 22 receptions, 18 total touchdowns out at South Dakota State. Uh, Both guys were guys that I was pretty into during the dynasty season. Now, how do we kind of navigate things here as we talk through what their usage looked like yesterday? And it's really tough because when you break it down, Kevin Harris sort of looks like the clear lead, right? He had more of the total snaps. He had 27 snaps to Pierre Strong, 17. But it was really weird usage where Kevin Harris clearly profiles between the tackles and Pierre Strong is a receiving back. If we look here, early downs, Kevin Harris gets the nod. Short yardage, he gets the nod. But in goal line scenarios, Pierre Strong was in there. Now, it was only one snap. And then in the two-minute drill, Kevin Harris was the guy in the two-minute drill. So Kevin Harris is the between-the-tackles guy in two-minute drill. And then Pierre Strong is the third down back. And then he also snuck in a goal line snap. So it's not like clear receiving back, clear between-the-tackles grinder. And also on top of that, despite Kevin Harris having like 10 more snaps than Pierre Strong, he just had eight carries to Pierre Strong's five carries and two targets. So just eight touches to seven touches. So where does that leave us moving forward? Now, again, Pierre Strong, fourth round pick to Kevin Harris being a sixth round pick, both day three, but maybe they just prefer Pierre Strong a little bit more there. I think it's really tough. I think my slight lean is Kevin Harris as the between the tackles grinder. They're playing against the Raiders defense, who is allowing the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running backs. I think that's more of a game where I would want the between the tackles grinder, not the receiving specialist, right? You would want a receiving specialist is more of a, you know, if they were like playing against the Bills and were like 10 point underdogs, I think Pierre Strong would be the play. I think both are fine. I would have both guys as like fringe RB3 plays this week versus the Raiders. So I think both are fine ads. I wouldn't really blow all the budget on either of them. Uh, But I think they're both guys that if you are down horrendous, that they're probably going to be in like the RB30 to 40 range in terms of where they'll be in my weekly rankings if Damian Harris misses time. But I just wanted to cover them because I think that they are the hot topic right now after Ramondre Stevenson went down last night. Now, after the Patriots running backs, we're going to talk about Jarek McKinnon, who had an absolutely insane week, is only owned in 34.6% of ESPN leagues. He had 130-plus total yards, two touchdowns, seven receptions, He was the RB1 overall in the week at 32.4 PPR points. And this is kind of his role where he operates on about like 55% of the snaps. He dominates the passing down work. He even is trusted inside the goal line. He just seems to be the most trusted Chiefs running back right now. Now, I wouldn't go out and say that he is the, you know, bell cow here. He was still out-touched or Pacheco had more opportunities. He had 16 opportunities to... McKinnon's 15. So it's a clear two-headed backfield, but we talked about this yesterday in the top 10 lessons video. It's nice because where early in the season, it was a three-way committee between Pacheco, McKinnon, and CEH. Now it's a two-headed committee and both guys are pretty viable here. Moving forward, I would have both guys like the RB30s 
in weekly rankings, probably like the low RB30s for McKinnon. Uh, after that, we have Chuba Hubbard, who hasn't really been on our radar since the McCaffrey trade. McCaffrey gets traded. It's like, is it going to be Hubbard? Is it going to be Deonta Foreman? It was Deonta Foreman by a country mile. And now Chuba Hubbard comes sort of racing back here with a 14-carry, 74-yard rushing game, one touchdown on the ground, three catches for 25 yards through the air, 18.9 PPR points as the RB8 this week. And I think he's a good ad here, but I want to temper expectations a little bit. I think that if you read that stat line and you see that he put up more points than Deonta Foreman, you would go to think that, oh, maybe he's overtaken Deonta Foreman. I don't really think that's the case. Uh, If we look at the snaps here, Chuba Hubbard had 32% of the snaps versus Foreman playing on 46% of the snaps. Foreman also had 22 touches to Chuba Hubbard, 17 touches. So this was not a backfield takeover by Hubbard, but the Panthers have been running the ball a ton post-Christian McCaffrey. They've been starting, since Darnold has started these last two games here, they have had 40 running back carries per game and have been under 25 pass attempts in both games. They are going to really pound the rock, especially with DJ Moore dealing with an injury. So there's sort of enough running back scoring to go around here where both Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard are startable. I think Deonta Foreman, the preferred play still, but I would still have Chuba Hubbard as like an instant RB3 type versus a Steelers defense this week who just let Dobbins run loose for 120 rushing yards. Now, speaking of Ravens running backs, we have Gus Edwards. It feels like the millionth time he's in this list this year. I like Gus Edwards because I think that people are going to look at what J.K. Dobbins did and just say, you know what, Gus Edwards, get off my roster. They're going to drop him because Dobbins is the lead guy here. Now, I just want to remind you guys, Dobbins stole the show on Sunday for sure, right? 15 carries for 120 yards, but he put up a huge game in week four, gave you like 20 PPR points. And then from week five to week 13, he gave you a total of six PPR points or under six total PPR points. He looked electric. And then the ACL bothered him again. There's a chance that that happens again. And I, and I would hate to see it. I'm rooting for Dobbins. But there's a world out there where he can't hold up again. He gets hurt. And you now have Gus Edwards, who is Dobbins' handcuff, but then also has the ability to give you standalone value even when Dobbins is healthy. Gus Edwards gave you 13 carries for 66 yards on Sunday. That's obviously not going to win you a week or give you enough production, but he was probably a touchdown away from being a great start. 13 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown is a great RB2 start on a weekly basis. So he can operate at about like 30% of the snaps like he did on Sunday, give you like 12 plus carries. And if he sneaks into the end zone, that's a good start. And again, that is just his standalone value. If Dobbins was to get hurt, he gets elevated to like a fringe RB2, which is great. And this Ravens running back schedule is amazing down the stretch. They have the Browns, the Falcons, and the Steelers, who are 30th and 28th ranked rush DVOA defenses, which is just defensive efficiency versus average. I think it's defensive value over average, uh, but it's 30th, 28th in terms of rush defenses, which are the Browns and the Falcons. And then they have the Steelers, who just allowed Dobbins to pick up 120 rushing yards. So three really light matchups where Gus Edwards can even get home without a Dobbins injury in one or two of them. Uh, So I like him as a nice little sneaky ad if anybody drops him because of the Dobbins breakout. Now, I think a similar guy to Gus Edwards that might have gotten dropped last week because of buys or because he was on buy and maybe the manager couldn't fit him on their roster, Tyler Algier. Uh, He won't be a sexy pickup. You don't have to spend a ton of fab on him, but he could be hanging around on waivers in your league or someone that gets dropped this week and you can just scoop him up for free. I sort of like Tyler Algier because, you know, he's a rookie. He gets that post-buy rookie bump. 
and this is a team that has shifted to rebuilding mode. They have benched Marcus Mariota in favor of Desmond Ritter to see what they have in their you know young quarterback, which means that I think that across the board they're going to want to see what they have in the young, their young players, which means Tyler Algier could be the lead back here. He has outsnapped Cordero Patterson in three of his last four games here, and this is a team that runs the ball a ton, especially with a young quarterback. They're going to want to hide him. They play conservative. They're going to run the ball a ton. Algier could get that post by rookie bump, give you a nice you know 15 plus carries per game moving forward. I think he has a lot of upside here. He's not someone I would start right away this week, but a nice speculative ad to see if that post-rookie buy bump does hit for Tyler Algier. After that, we have Elijah Moore, who we talked about yesterday, but we also mentioned him in last week's waiver video, and this was the Elijah Moore is back game, the one that he just had on Sunday. To me, it just signals that he is back to being viable in fantasy. He puts up a pretty pedestrian six catches for 60 stat line, but he had 10 targets. I know this picture says nine targets. PFF has him at nine targets. ESPN stuff has him at 10 targets. We'll say 10 targets, just juice the number a little bit. He had 10 targets, a 92% route participation. It was the first time since week three where he was at a 20% or better target share and a 90% or better route participation. He is back to being a featured wide receiver in this offense. Now, Corey Davis did get hurt. He did suffer concussion. So that did sort of move him up a little bit. But there were times this year where he's been outsnapped by Braxton Berrios and Denzel Mims. That isn't a given at this point with Elijah Moore. He is back to being a top wide receiver on this team. Corey Davis should be hurt for another week here. He is going to be in a great spot versus the Lions this week. Now, moving forward for Elijah Moore, he's probably going to be like my wide receiver 35 to 40 range as a startable flex option moving forward. I wouldn't, you know, skyrocket him to like a top 24 wide receiver obviously but someone that was just picking up dust on your bench can now at least be plugged into your lineup moving forward after that we have another guy we mentioned yesterday donovan peoples jones and this is a similar or not a similar but someone who i'm not going to say unstartable this year because i think that there were times where you could start donovan peoples jones but I would say moving forward, he is a low-end flex type, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He gets his first real spike week this week with Deshaun Watson. He puts up 12 targets, 8 catches, 114 yards, has 19.4 PPR points as the wide receiver 12 on the week, despite both David Njoku and Amari Cooper playing. And despite not even scoring a touchdown, he still went crazy for 114, 8 catches. He's currently the wide receiver 31 in fantasy points scored this, this year. It's time to put some respect on his name. Again, flex play moving forward. He gets Baltimore next week, who's allowing the six most fantasy points to wide receivers. He is, again, a nice like wide receiver 30-ish type low-end flex play. Uh, after that, we have rookie wide receiver Jamison Williams, who it feels like we've been talking all, about all year as well. He goes from two routes last week to six routes this week. It's still a really tiny sample. He has eight routes total, but it's nice to see the participation start to climb a little bit here. And when he's on the field, he looks electric. He had a 40-yard touchdown reception as his only reception of his career so far on just eight routes total. And that's enough to be really excited for what he looks like when he gets that bump up to 75% plus of the routes. He gets a tough matchup versus the Jets this week, but you're not starting him anyway because, again, he could be at like 12 routes this time. But he gets the Panthers in Week 16, who are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and then a shootout at home versus a Chicago Bears-led team by Justin Fields. So you hope 
that he creeps up to like, you know, he was at like 15% of the routes this week, I think 5% the week before, maybe he gets like 40% and then, or maybe like 50%. And then week 16, week 17, maybe you let it fly with Jamison Williams. Now let's talk about two tight ends real quick. We first, we have uh, the man of the hour, Evan Ingram. <clears throat> I, I, Evan Ingram actually went crazy for me. I have two teams that had Evan Ingram on them. Both of them got late season pushes from him to get into the playoffs. One of them is a high stakes NFC league where I, th if everything holds his last season push there, put me in second in points for, which means because there's no, uh, there's no normal playoffs or it's a tournament, uh, and it's just week one through 14 scoring, unless if there's like a tie between like, if, unless if there's a split between like head to head and total points. Evan Ingram might have got me second place in that league. But on the flip side, there was another league where I didn't even think I was alive for the playoffs. Evan Ingram carries me to like third in points for, I end up sneaking in with a six and eight record. The issue is, is that in those tournaments, waivers lock in the playoffs. My quarterbacks were Kyler Murray and Marcus Mariota. Essentially made the playoffs for nothing in that league. Um, I will say that's on me for not being more on top of that. I probably should have like seen, okay, Mariota is getting benched. This team maybe has a shot. Maybe I should I should have put some extra things in place just to get a, a breathable quarterback, a living quarterback behind Kyler. But I didn't expect a Kyler to go out there and tear an ACL last night. Um, sucks to see, but sucks even more for Kyler. So it's whatever. Now, talking about Evan Ingram, everyone and their brother is going to be trying to pick up Evan Ingram after a 15, 11, 162-yard two touchdown, 39.2 PPR point game, but it's warranted. This has been a guy that sort of flirted with my waiver wire uh, ads all year. He runs a ton of routes. He essentially plays wide receiver all the way up down to like him wearing the number 17. He's a low end tight end one rest of the way. There really isn't much more to say. And then a guy that we've loved, um, we loved him coming out. We talked about him in two weeks ago, uh, top 10 lessons learned, Chico Conquo. Uh, he's a really fun player. He dropped six catches 45 yards a touchdown he was a tight end three this week with 18.5 ppr points the only pushback i have is i believe he's running less routes than uh austin hooper right now which is not a good thing we like he's very much boomer bust until he can get some kind of a stable you know route participation i sort of just want to see what the week 14 uh you know snaps are or routes are for this Titans team. And if we look here, yeah, Hooper played, Hooper ran 27 routes. Oconquo ran 24. Now it sucks too, because Hooper played well. Hooper had five catches for 68 yards. So he was actually startable. Both tight ends were startable. And I think as long as Traylon Burks is out, they'll both kind of be startable. Uh, Chico Conquo, I think is, is more of a deep league uh, ad, right? If you're in a league where like, let's see, like, I think, I think Greg Dolchers is even hanging around on some leagues as well or some waiver wires as well. Like, let me just go to like ESPN and sort by most roster because that's the issue at tight end. If you're just in like a casual uh, home league, there's probably better tight ends out there than Chico Conquo. Like if I go down to the first guy under 50% owned, Hayden Hurst, like I probably take Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, of course. I think Tyler Conklin has a decent, decent shot there. I think, I think Taysom Hill. And then I guess after that, you could go, uh, you could go with uh, Chigo Conquo. So I guess he's not a terrible, terrible pickup, even in casual home leagues. Uh, again, boom bust play because he doesn't run the same like 85% of the routes that Evan Ingram does. He runs more like 50 to 60%, which means that you're going to need big plays. He does live on big plays, but you're going to have to live with like a four point or like zero point game in your tight end spot. Now, 
that is going to do it for us today. As always, if you enjoyed, leave a like, subscribe, comment down below. I am always curious to hear how good your guys' teams are doing. I assume if you're watching this video that you've made the playoffs. So um, let me know. Let me know uh, if you have a buy, how you're looking in the playoffs, if you have any major injuries. I got some teams that, you know, were just barely limping by. But it's all good. Time to go out here, win championships. This is the money-making rounds here. I'm going to make sure that I am locked in for you guys for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. So even though I just said it two seconds ago, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure post notifications are on. I'm going to get you guys right. Uh, we're also going to get some Dynasty content. I think tomorrow we'll do a um, another 2023 startup mock draft. And then I think after that on Thursday, I have a little bit of a treat for you guys. I'm not going to say what it is, but for any of the Dynasty guys out there, it's going to be a little bit of a treat uh, on Thursday. So with all that being said, I will see you guys in the next one. I got the juice. I got the juice. Geno, Chatham's on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag of on. Rapper, song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Me.